Hello, everyone. Welcome. So happy to have you join us again. Um, I just want to kick off with saying this has been a really tough week. Um, I, I mean, a couple of weeks, actually, with all the mass shootings and just like the devastating things that's been happening. Um, we, Christina and I just wanted to, sorry, I'm like a little trembling over this because like it's really just it's super sad and it's something that could be prevented. Um, unfortunately, we just are not in the place as a country to take the steps to get there, um, which it would be lovely if we were, but um, just wanted to kick off with saying like, let's give a moment of silence for those who were affected by the Buffalo shooting and the Texas shooting, um, 10 people in Buffalo who lost their lives due to you know white supremacy, and then the 19 students and two teachers who lost their lives in Texas um, due to someone who needed help. Um, so yeah, we're just gonna have the next 30 seconds in silence um, just to reflect on those lives, those beautiful lives um, and the communities there are directly affected by it. Thank you for that, Eliza. Yes, we definitely wanted to make sure we um, pointed that out, but we're going to try to transition now um, into our episode. We've been gone for a little bit, if you guys haven't noticed. Um, and if you follow us on our personal Instagrams, you can keep up to date on what we're doing day to day. But Eliza and I just came back about a week ago from Europe. We took our first Europe trip together, um, which was filled with so much. Um, it was two weeks. We visited three different countries, including the UK, the Netherlands, and Denmark, which I personally have never been to. So it was really fun, great time. And um, yeah, we just kind of wanted, I think we wanted to include that in our Buena Vibras. Um, obviously it's a highlight. We've been talking about our trip. You know, when you get back from a trip, you're like telling everyone all your different stories. So I think we're gonna kind of make that our joint Buena Vibra and give each, uh, so we're gonna make that our joint Buena Vibra and give a highlight um, from our trip each. I can kick off. So. I absolutely love this trip. I think it was much needed um, because of the pandemic. We, I'm, I mean, we haven't been able to travel to Europe. So just that alone was a treat, no matter like which country I think at this point, I would have chosen any. We were desperate. Um, yeah, we were <laughs> desperate. But I think my like highlight, like without doubt was London. Um, I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast or not, but like, I just like love period dramas. I find the royal family. I find like the British history very interesting um, while it's very flawed due to all the colonization. And we will talk about that on another episode, <laughs> but I, I do um, just know so much about it. And it was just like really interesting to see like the Buckingham Palace is a palace that like I've seen on like TV and movies and like you know, tabloids and magazines my entire life. So to be able to like actually see in person was just so surreal to me. Um, and as I was sharing the story with other folks, they were like, oh, like, yeah, it's just the Buckingham Palace. But I'm like, listen, for a girl in the Bronx who like didn't really travel, didn't start traveling till she can afford it herself and worked really hard to get um, to the point where she can like travel other countries, like that was huge for me. So um, loved it. I also just love the British culture when like with tea. I'm a big coffee person, and recently I've been getting into tea. So I just love that 
it's super like normal out there to have an afternoon tea, a morning tea, an evening tea. Um, yeah, we did our, um, yeah, we did an afternoon tea, a fancy yeah. one. Yes, we did high tea and I was like obsessed with it. They actually like kicked us out. That's another like yeah, <laughs> we were talking too long. They were like, ma'am, there's a two hour limit. We were like, okay. But um, other than that, it was fantastic. We tried bringing the little sandwiches with us, but you know, oh yeah, health well, reasons, <laughs> quote unquote. He took them away from us, girl. Yeah, well, I still yeah, goes we- to the bathroom and I'm like, hey, we'd like to take everything, you know, you know, like we're paying the check and everything. He's like, okay, yeah, but the little sandwiches do the health reasons. We got to take them away. The second I look, they're out of, they're in his hands. Yeah. And I was anything. devastated. I came back and I was like, Christina, like you didn't arm the sandwiches. And she's like, they took them. And I'm like, yo, sis, this was like $60 per person. Not even, I think like $70 per yeah, person. Yeah, like expensive. this isn't cheap, you know, like yeah. this is a treat for us. So yeah, I want my sandwiches for lunch tomorrow, but I don't know. Maybe that's just the, the Latina. I mean, like, yeah, I'm, right. like, Listen, we're, I'm like, I need it all. No food waste here, ma. Um, no, we took but, all the pastries with us. We tried to yeah, take as many as we could. We were there literally when I tell you the last people there, we walked out of there. and they closed Yeah. The okay. Yeah. Which that's another thing. Like they were folding napkins. It was time for us to go, but <laughs> I just didn't want to give up on the moment. Like it was just such a vibe. Um, we have little pictures because we were hungover <laughs> from the night before. So it was a little <laughs> tough, but uh, other than that, it was like, pretty good oh yeah let me tell you it's not a good trip if you didn't sleep because we there were multiple days we were deprived of sleep but you know you got to do what you got to do there's only certain days there so um yeah no London was great we loved it we stayed with a close friend I think my highlight was going back to the Netherlands visiting Amsterdam um if you guys um have been following me for a while I've probably mentioned it at some point that I studied abroad in Amsterdam so it was nice going back after three years um and just seeing the city again I love it I think it was really cool it was great to show Eliza um the city through my eyes we visited a lot of friends well mutual friends um and yeah I just really enjoyed it and I think um, it was a really great point that you brought up, Eliza, is actually having the privilege to travel. I never thought in a million years, like, I would even, one, study abroad in Europe. I was able to do that with a full tuition scholarship. Um, And also being able to travel as much as I can uh, to Europe. Because when my mom talks to me, for her, it was like, you know, growing up in Ecuador, it's like so out of reach. Your your dream is to visit the U.S. I can't imagine you don't even dream about Europe. So it's definitely a privilege that a lot of us have. I recognize. Um, and yeah, I try to share as much as information that I learn from traveling. I think we learn a lot um, about yourself, about just other people. You're very, I think it's made me very open-minded and curious about cultures um, more than I already was. So that's kind of like why I like traveling when you come back, you like have those reflections afterwards. Um, And yeah, it's a really nice feeling. And it was awesome being able to do it with Eliza because I've never really traveled throughout so many countries with someone. Yeah, it was like so nice. Um, I think like, I think Christina and I are very lucky in the fact that like we have someone who travels similarly to each other I feel like Mm -hmm. we're both like kind of down for everything we'll hop in a hostel don't have a problem like we walk a lot but at the same time like 
we like to like eat at nice restaurants like it's like we we skimp out on the right areas <laughs> in the similar areas <laughs> versus like I've traveled with people who are like yeah I'm not walking I'm Ubering like period um and I'm just like not like that I love walking which is yes like, we walked so yeah. much we walked a lot which was amazing yeah. the weather was great I really have nothing to change about it we got very lucky with the weather it's like raining every 100%. day now um and I think the part yeah. about the privilege is like so true like I can't like that's yeah. just like, I can't stop thinking about that like it's like just being able to see other parts of the world like my I mean my mother doesn't even own a passport you know and like to be able to encourage her and say like hey mom like you should travel like the world is gorgeous like you know like see different places um she's finally getting one so that's like a big step so, wait yeah. no way I yeah, didn't so know my, that yeah so my mother is getting a passport I like convinced her I was like you know oh, I, wow. yeah this is like huge my this mother's is huge. in her 40s doesn't have she's only been to Miami she hasn't even like been to like Miami and Puerto Rico she hasn't even been to like other states so um I'm just excited for her to like start this traveling journey and like just like also show her that it can be affordable you know it doesn't have to be like this four thousand dollar trip or this five like Christina and I did in an affordable way um so just wanting to show that like you can see the world I think that's really important to highlight the affordable thing. Um, and that's why, yes, we do get along so well with traveling. We stayed in hostels. I mean, we I had a friend in London. So, you know, whenever I get to travel and I do have, I'm so lucky. I always say this, like so lucky to have friends that live in so many different countries and I, and they host me and it's amazing. But yeah, during those situations where I don't have that, we go to a hostel, Airbnb, you don't need to go that fancy route if you don't want to. We, public transportation, walking, there are ways of um, even visiting a really expensive city like Paris. There's a budget-friendly way of doing everything. So speaking of that, I wanted to get into our guests for this episode, which are two women. This is our first duo um, that we interviewed, and their names are Jelly and Valerie. They are the founders of Posh Palma Styles. It's an online clothing store with handmade pieces from Dominican Republic. Those pieces are made in the DR, they're sourced there, the fabric, the designs are made by a woman there. You'll hear the entire story of uh, the background of their business. But the cool thing about them is actually that they launched their business in the middle of the pandemic. So while everything was crazy, people were stopping business, not even thinking of launching, they actually started and that's all they've ever known. So they actually tell us what they've learned from beginning a business in the middle of COVID. the advantages, the disadvantages, um, and something that we actually took tips from is managing a business with your best friend because they are actually very close friends. They're also family members. Um, You'll hear the entire intro about their background so you can get more information, but um, they live in Miami. So they are right here. They happen to also just like bring the energy, like right off the back, like we jumped into the call normally before interviewing, we have like a five minute chit chat. Cause like, I mean, who doesn't want to chit chat about their day really quick and then jump into it. And they were just so happy. And I think the one thing that really bleeds through this entire interview is how much they love their community and they love their people. And it's an honor to be able to not only build a business from a country where they both have roots at, but to also be inspiring women in those countries as well and creating a community. So I really loved interviewing them. I loved hearing their stories. They're both ambitious women. Um, And just knowing that they're really close friends and they're still able to not only run a successful business, but have boundaries and maintain that relationship 
I thought was really inspiring. I hope you guys enjoy. Um, We're excited to be back in our routine. We are going to be back to our regular schedule, which is every other week we launch our podcast on Wednesdays. So yeah, if you guys have any um, suggestions on who you want to hear from or topics, we definitely want to do more um, one-on-one between Eliza and I. So please let us know. Awesome. Enjoyed this episode. So right now we're sitting down with the co-founders of Posh Style, Posh Palma Styles. They are going to tell us everything about their business together, their best friends, and kind of just tell us like, how did you guys meet? Where are you guys from? Where are you based? Just introduce yourself to us. This is a long story, but we'll try to keep it short. So aside from being best friends, we're also family. So I'm married. We're sister-in-laws. So that just makes us an ounce more like doper than anybody else. No. How lucky. Normally you see your sister-in-law and you're like, mm, okay. That's amazing. We're like literally yeah. like, todo terreno. like we're here like for everything and everyone. Yeah. But I'm married to Valerie's older brother. Um, and we have two kids. I have a son who is eight. His name's Gabriel. And I have a daughter who's four. Her name is Gabriela. They're the best. Um, and they're the best. But a little bit about me, I pretty much just um, to recap, I went to school for fashion merchandising. I graduated in 2010 um, from New York uh, at FIT. And after that, I pretty much worked in corporate America for 10 years uh, between e-commerce and TV, uh, different platforms. And I was in buying merchandising and I did a little bit of public relations and a little bit of marketing at that time. But um, in July of 2019, I moved here to Miami. And then in January of 2020 was pretty much when I started thinking, like I went to school for fashion. So for me, owning a store, uh, creating, you know, our own like fashion line, like that was always in my dreams. That was always part of my passion. That was always something that I knew at some point in my life, it was going to happen with no date attached. Right. So I felt like after 10 years that I've dedicated to corporate America, I had some experience under my belt. I had some connections with manufacturers. I've learned a little bit here and there. I said, you know what? I think I am ready to try this on my own. Um, You know, there's a lot of things that go on when you decide to, to kind of lanzarte, right? As an entrepreneur and, you know, thinking about the people and thinking about who I wanted to partner with right away. I thought of Valerie. I, I mean, I met her when she was 12, when I met my husband and we had cultivated such a great relationship, right? And um, she had, she'll tell you about her background, but she has a marketing background. So I started thinking about, you know, our dynamics, our synergy, how we could put that together and how amazing it would be for us to partner and, you know, push Palma Styles to be born. But I will pass it on to her. Hi, everyone. My name is Valerie. So a little bit about my background. I was born in Providence, Rhode Island, and I was raised in Dominican Republic. So when I was two, my mom sent me to Dominican Republic and I stayed there for the majority of my life with my grandparents and my aunt, um, which I, I look at her and I'm like, oh, she's my mom too. Um, for multiple reasons, my mom had to stay here in the country and I had to be over there. So we were separated for um, quite some time. And then, you know, I came to the States then I went back to the art. And then eventually when I was a junior in high school, I was like, you know what, mommy, like I really want to focus. I not soy ni de aquí ni de allá because this is also my country. This is my land. And like, I, 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 have, I have access to things here, right? Like as, a, as a somebody that, that, that was born here. So I want to go back to the States. I want to learn the language. 
and I want to attend and uh, attend a higher education here in the United States. So I came when I was a junior and I was able to learn, but not quite to the point where I was ready for, you know, to be in university in a sense. So when I graduated after applying to like 14, 15 schools, I got rejected from most of them because my SAT scores were trash. So I was like, all right, I'm not getting accepted into the schools I want. I am not getting the financial aid that I want. Like, what am I going to do, right? At that point, Jelly lived in Tampa, Florida. I was in Rhode Island. Jelly lived in Tampa with my brother. And I was like, you know what? Like, who's the person in my life right now that are, that are pretty stable that I can, because my mom was moving a lot and stuff that I can come to and I can stay there for two years, get my associates and then transfer to a, to a school that I really wanted to go. So I moved to Tampa. I got my associates in arts. And it's funny because when I look back at the story, you know how sometimes the universe or God or whatever you believe in tells you like, you're not ready for certain things. Like when I graduated high school, I thought I was ready to go to school here. I was like, this is how it's gonna be. Four years, boom, like period. I deserve, I'm entitled to this. And it's like, nah, little girl, you gotta go back and you gotta start from scratch. So I started taking remedial courses in St. Petersburg College in Tampa, in St. Petersburg. And I literally started from like two plus two equals four, like that type of math. But I put it, I walked the walk, I put in the work. And then after I got my associates, I applied to 15 schools and I got accepted to most of them this time around, right? Because I put in the work. I, I, was, I was good with my language. Um, I was in honors. Like I put in the work to be in a place where, okay, now I'm ready. So after reviewing the schools, I decided to go to Clark University in Massachusetts. So I transferred to Clark. I got my bachelor's in international relations um, and marketing, so political science. And throughout all of this process, like I was really, really passionate about multiple things, including entrepreneurship, women rights, um, and marketing, right? So I had my political science thing in me, but then I had the marketing thing in me um, calling me. So like I started like a teacher business at school. And I was selling shirts and then like, we were like, okay, what's next? So then senior year came around and I was like, okay, what am I gonna do in the next chapter of my life? So I came across a Fulbright scholarship in Mexico city. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to apply and I moved to Mexico. I got it and then I left to Mexico. Mexico city, I say like, it's part of me. It's part of my story. Um, and I love this so much. So I went to Mexico, I moved to Mexico and I was doing my Fulbright there. And during my time in Mexico, I was getting my MBA and then I was working for a company that focused on uplifting women-owned businesses through financing. So this company, you know, I was working on the marketing department. We were working with women and I was getting my MBA and I was drinking micheladas on a daily basis. I'm like, I'm living the dream, like period. Um, but then Corona happened, COVID happened and my scholarship got cut um, short. So I returned back to my family and at that point Yeli and my brother were here in Miami so after obviously before I moved from Mexico Yeli already came to me and and we talked about the store and it was great and we agreed to to collaborate together but then when I came here you know we're in the middle of the pandemic and at that point that's where basically we put together a plan for Posh Palma South um, and we basically learned most of the things I would say more the practicality of the things that we know during the pandemic we were self-taught graphic designers, self-taught like web design, like 
most of those skills that we needed to know to run the business, we've learned that during the pandemic. So did you guys launch the company, um, you're saying right in the middle of the pandemic or you took time during the pandemic to learn everything? No, we launched on the pan- like in the middle of the pandemic. In the middle. That's why that. we don't have like a benchmark of what it's like to run a business pre-COVID. Yeah. All you know is COVID and through the challenges of like yeah. production and the delays that those businesses had to you know, figure out you kind of were creating a business in that environment. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, so I'm so excited to like hear more about your business. But I just I have to say, like hearing both your stories, like I see a lot of commonalities, right? The first one is like sisterhood, like the fact that you guys support each other and uplift, I think it's beautiful, right? Um, I see two women, different age groups, but like somehow you see that girl and you was able to like, you know, just see Valerie grow up to be something amazing um, and see her through that. But also like women of color conquering the corporate America, right? Like you were a killer. And then at the same time, like also like the education system, like a system that wasn't made for us necessarily, you know, and then conquering that not only in, you know, one country, but three countries, DR, you know, the United States and Mexico. And then the last thing, just like all the drive I hear from both of you, like how driven you are and like, the background's amazing. And I'm just so excited to hear about like how this business just flourished, especially like not only are, do you guys want to do a business, but you were like, you know what, during the pandemic, let me do that. So <laughs> I'm like fascinated to hear. For us, it was like, just in retrospect to talk about it now, like, I can't believe that it's, we're coming up to two years. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, but Val came in March, right? When COVID hit, the Mexican borders were closing and they were like, you need to leave the country or like, you're going to stay stuck in Mexico. So she came, right? And at that point, you know, I'm not gonna, we're not going to lie, right? It wasn't easy. The, yeah. When the world shut down, I think it was like March 13th or something like that. We literally were like, what do we do? Like my kids were sent home. We had no future. I mean, we were all in the same state, right? Like everyone globally, but nobody knew. Like, I didn't know when my kids were going home. I I was going through anxiety. I had depression. Mm -hmm. Like my days were like never ending. Like it was like a lot of like mental, like mental issues. And like, you know, at that point that it was kind of like, we had to prioritize that before we start thinking about where we wanted to go with our lives. Um, so at that point, like we were taught, we would talk about the store. We would talk about the concept, really the ideation behind it. And honestly, like it became like, we always talk about this, like it became really like an escape of the reality of what was happening in the world at that point. Like, it was like, you know, my passion and my drive for fashion, Valerie's passion and drive for community and like, you know, building something for people that for girls and women that look like us. And like, how could we put together all of these things that all really were, would come around impact, right? Because at the end of the day, when we talk about the store, it's not just clothes that we sell. So when we talk about it, it's like at the beginning, that's what it was, right? And we had so many different challenges because Bosch Palma Styles launched us kind of like a marketplace, if you were to think about it. Like we were, we were a place and a platform where we would highlight women designers women artisans, people, creators that would do things with their hands. We would buy merchandise, support them, and then we would highlight them in our platform and sell their product in our platform, right? But within launching during COVID was where we started seeing the the difficulties of finding merchandise, finding people, like getting getting the, the goods. Like it was many things that we started to encounter. 
where now if you were to fast forward, like we've created our own private label in Dominican Republic, and I'm sure we'll have questions and we'll tap into that. But um, yeah. yeah, I'm pretty much, I'll let Val explain a little bit more about the community component of, of Posh Palma Styles and really the heart of, which is where the heart of the brand truly is. Yeah, I like that you mentioned the community aspect because that definitely is always in line with whether you're selling a, a product or whatever it is. And when you look at Glossier is always an example of that, where they did start that community and then they became that direct-to-consumer uh, business. So yeah, I would love to hear more about that. Yeah, no, I think that it, the, the thing is that like when you do something, right, this, running a business is difficult from this period. It's super difficult, you know, and how do you find different ways from this beautiful thing called Poshman that fulfills different aspects of our lives, right? And we kind of knew that only one thing wasn't going to fulfill it. So we created a company that we feel seen and that we feel heard and we feel like we can do it, right? Um, so for the store, we have a blog called Spoken Hefas. So we highlight different hefas um, in our website and through like a series of questions. So it's really fun because not, not only do we get to participate in a lot of podcasts, but also how are you holding space? How are you passing on the mic, right? Like you're interviewing us, but then we're going to highlight another, you know, like it's, it's this circle of like constant giving um, that makes it so much more fulfilled. And then we also have a segment called Hefa Talks and Instagram which one day it might become a podcast, um, <laughs> just to say. Um, but it's pretty awesome because we have been able to interview people such as um, All Things Ada, Ada Rojas. Um, we have talked to Julissa Prado, eh, Melanie Santos, and all these people that like truly, truly, truly inspire us. So it has served as a way of us knowing like, come on, you can just reach out and the person is going to be there, right? Like if... Like it's, it's all about community building. And it's like, we heard something the other day that said like, is not self-made, it's community made. And that's why we're here right now having this conversation. If someone were to ask you, who is Pash Palma's consumer, what would you say? Her name is Lolita. <laughs> we, we literally did a brand profile for our girl. <laughs> she's Lolita. Yeah, tell us about the girl. And she's a pura jefa. She's definitely a woman who's effortless, right? I don't want, we don't attach an age to her. She's everyone. Um, she's someone who lives on her own terms. She's someone who lives to design her life, right? The life that we all deserve. This is a woman who, who's confident, right? Like a lot of the pieces, a lot, no, all of the pieces that we, we aim to inspire and design with the team that we have in DR is truly pieces that you embrace and you, you embrace everybody, everything about your body, right? Because yeah. the most, we always talk about this and the most important thing about clothes is how you feel in them. Like it doesn't really matter. And also like even, even deeper than that, how do you feel yourself as a person? Like it doesn't matter what you're wearing because if you're a happy person, you can wear clothes from anywhere. You could wear a dollar yeah. shirt with dollar pants like, and you're happy and you're glowing because the important part is that you're happy. Yeah. So for us, it's all about that inner work, right? Like how are you, feeling confident in your own skin? How are you feeling confident in your own body and, and feeling like you're loved? Just going back to, I know that we mentioned that you guys did launch during 2020, which is probably a moment that a lot of people wouldn't even dare to launch like an online marketplace or just any type of business. And now looking back, what are some of the 
advantages that you feel like you've had being a business that had to already create this business in that environment? And it's like you said, all you know, what are some things that you've pulled from that? That's that's a really good question. I feel like nobody has ever asked us about uh-huh. advantages. Um, I think it's always like we're glorifying like the, the struggle. Um, but I think we have to honor also the things that were in our favor. But just to mention like a few and then I'm passing on to Jelly. I think our backgrounds, um, it's like we are the consumer and we believe in the product. And I think that when you're launching a business, you need to make sure that you actually believe in what you're selling and that you're that, you, that you're not just preaching about it, but you actually feel it in your heart. I think that we actually believed in what we were doing. And I also think that it's really important for you to see some sort of light at the end of the tunnel. And because we have a very like, we have a growth mindset, right? We used to have a fixed mindset. Now we have like a growth mindset. So we think about the light at the end of the tunnel. And I feel like with the store, despite the many, cha- the many challenges that we encounter, there was also that constant reminder of, that because we have each other, right? We were constantly reminding each other like, hey, there is this little light at the end of the tunnel, right? Like, don't forget about this. Like we always kept on mind the bigger picture. Um, and that really helped us a lot. And, and lastly, I think we showed up unapologetically as ourselves. Yeah, and I think I would only add one more thing. Um, and honestly, it was just when we launched, we launched our social platforms and our handles literally as like a mood board. Like it was our inspiration, right? And it was the time. And trust me, we like both like were like, it took us forever to be like, all right, let's just do it. Let's just launch, right? Because another thing that we have that we all suffer is like insecurity. Like it was a moment where like, we didn't know when was the right time. But at that point, it was like, there was no right time. Like everyone was in the same boat. Like everyone was like scared. Like everyone was in turmoil. But I think we took we took the opportunity and kind of shifted the perspective where for us, it was like, let's create a space where we are all in this, where we all get to honor each other and the way that we're feeling right in this moment. Like there were people that we were talking to that were young. There were people that we were talking to that were losing their jobs. There were people that we were talking to within our community that were moms. There were, I mean, there were so many profiles and to know that we started as a, as a, again, a mood board and kind of like an inspo and like a, a community. Like we started gathering people, commenting, engaging, hearing what people wanted to, to, to hear and, and, and communicating with them. I think that also worked towards our advantage because yeah. we had nothing else to look at. So it was like, we believe in this, we're going to do this and we're just going to be human. And again, we're going to show up as who we are. We've always been authentic from day one. Yeah, something that stood out was what you guys said was just embracing who you are, which we feel like as Athena, sometimes we don't always feel like we could do that in the workplace, like being loud, energetic, whatever it may be. And like, luckily, I feel like I'm in a workplace where I can be myself. I've been in those situations in the past where I'm more like, oh, like, I'll just, you know, be more quiet or, you know, won't truly, truly show my full self, which then I feel like is a disadvantage because, I mean, having that diversity in a group selling setting when you're working together is so important. And I love that you've built that into your company. Yeah, it's like creating a company that you enjoy going to work at. Like I always tell Jelly, like you are my boss and I am your boss, right? Like think about it. Like if I'm your employee, how would you want to make me feel when I come to the office? 
and how you know how would I make you want to feel when you come to because oftentimes when you're running a business with another person like we're the same yeah we're the same but when it comes to this right now we have to be each other's employees too so it's like creating a workspace it's that like the moment I realized I'm like shit like you know it's it's that's how it is and it's like how do we create a company that we enjoy yeah. going to work too no, I love that. I guess I'm curious about what's your specialties, like who owns what in the development um, and like who's the expert in what? Because I feel like that may be the best way, maybe to like sometimes you're leading one project, then Jillian can lead the other. Um, so, yeah, I'm just curious. I think for when it comes to product, it's at the beginning, right, because we were in, and I'll go back. We were a marketplace. I would pretty much take care of all what it had to do with like sourcing, finding the designs, like negotiating any costs. If we had to negotiate like the buying process, like all of that pretty much. And, and again, we're going to talk about who leads what, but we want to be very clear as to we are involved and intertwined in every decision together. So let's say now fast forward, we launched our own private label in September of 2021 which was a success. The collection is called Se Libre Mariposa and it is live now on our website. Um, so that, that, those designs, like that project took about a year uh, to accomplish from the beginning of the ideation to the day that it actually launched. And, um, you know, I, I would say that maybe I took lead on the designs and the patterns and the prints and like the sourcing of the fabrics and all of that. But I would always sit with Valerie at the end and be like, okay, Coma, like, let's go through the designs. Which one are your favorites? Which, these are already my favorites. Like I would come kind yeah. of prepared to a meeting with her and we calendarize everything. Oh, we got to discuss um, the fabrics for the next collection. All right, let's block out two hours. And those two hours we're literally looking, I come to her with everything. Like these are the designs, this is the cost. I have an Excel sheet with how much the whole buy would be. These are the size breakdowns of how many sizes we need. Like kind of like all of that research, like also forecasting, like, okay, what's cool and like what's in, right? We don't go with trends, but like, we look at those things because we need to know what's happening in the world. What are people wearing? Like sustainability components. That's something that we're working with our own private label. Yeah. We want to tap into plus size and like the more curvier like women because we are Latinas. So like, how are we doing that? Like, how is that industry? Like all of these things, like industry news, I also try to like keep myself up to date and then I'll pass it on to her as well. But in terms of the company structure, that is pretty much like kind of what I need. And then what I do um, primarily, it's, for example, at the website, like I, I, I'm very passionate about marketing. So for me, everything that has to do with the brand, how are we showing up on social? Um, how are we basically reflecting and making sure that people understand who we are through what we're showing them online? Um, putting together like the marketing campaign for when are we launching, the mood board for the photo shoots. Um, and that's kind of like the newsletters, I designed them. Um, and those are some of the things that I enjoy most. Like I'm a self-talk graphic designer. So for me to sit down and like look at a color palette, I like get so excited. And then it's like, okay, how how is this color palette and how are we going to look at the Instagram grid? Like I have somewhat of an obsession with the Instagram grid of the store. So like, I'm, I, like I put together that grid to make sure that we are reflecting so how do you provide healthy boundaries amongst each other being so close and also working on a business? And then you mentioned the other brother is now like the CFO too, right? So um, just how do you navigate those type of relationships in the workplace? And we also have another business, which is a social media marketing. Like we run and that's, two businesses. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> I'll start and then Val can add to it. But we honestly, it's been it's been like a nonlinear path as we try to continue to navigate. And I want to just put it out there that we continue to be students and we continue to learn every single day. Yeah. And we listen to podcasts like this one and we learn from other entrepreneurs. We follow people on Instagram. We have mentors. We're lucky enough that we have leaders in our, within our own family that we look up to, you know, and, and we ask those questions when, when those times come that we need yeah. to ask those questions. But right now, for where we are now, which I feel like we are in a much healthier place, Valerie and I meet on Sunday evenings, and we pretty much block out like two, three hours in the calendar on Sunday evenings, and we go through the week. If it's the beginning of the month, like for example, this past Sunday, we went through all of April. Okay, high level, what are the biggest things that are happening this month? Okay, we have an event for this, for both companies. We have an event this day, we have a meeting, a photo shoot these three days, we're doing this, is this, like... What are our priorities, right? And then we calendarize or black out what needs to get done during the week. Obviously, understanding for me, for Jelly, as the wife and the mom of two kids, for example, like I know if I'm going to be out two evenings, two, three evenings of the week, like my capacity is probably like one or two evenings of the week that I have to do things at night right? Because I have kids. So like I have to coordinate babysitting. I have to coordinate like a lot of things. And I have to spend time with my husband because I don't see him during the day. I don't see my kids. So then really like the evenings and night times is when I get to spend time with my family. So that's something that I always keep top of mind. And she does too, because we've already had these conversations. I'm going to break it down to um, four things, like four quick tips. Um, So number one is understanding what your relationship is rooted on. The moment you understand that that relationship is rooted in authenticity and genuine love your life changes because I don't no longer have to question whether or not she meant to offend me or you know if whether or not I came from a place of "Mm, why should be mean no it doesn't work like that or vice versa so we took time to understand that our relationship is rooted in love and because of that at the end of the day even if she replies a k to my message and no emojis. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I can't free, right? Because we question a lot of things. And I think that we're constantly overthinking, especially when you're in business with somebody, right? And then I have to go to her house to, you know, maybe I'm saying we're kids. It's like, how do you manage that? So we understood that our relationship is rooted in love. And because of that, I don't question. Number two, I think understanding what nurtures you. Like, I know what fulfills me. She knows what fulfills her, right? If I'm going to do a wash hair and I'm washing my hair, my hair I want to take my time. And that's a way of me. So it's, it's, it's like setting up your non-negotiables, right? What are your non-negotiables and communicating that to your partner? If a non-negotiable for me is, for example, Jelly likes to work out more than I do, right? And for her, working out is a non-negotiable. If, because I understand that, I create space for her to be able to do that. Um, and then the same way, understanding what triggers you, right? Like if something triggers you, then how do we avoid it? Or how do we establish coping mechanisms that allow this relationship to work? Maybe her putting exclamation marks, it might trigger me when it's about a project. Why is it triggering me? And asking those difficult questions. And just to wrap it up, I'll say like one of our clients and mentors said the other day, like you got to take your whole self to work right? Your whole self, the ins and now. So your whole self got to be good to take yourself to work. So 
I think that at the month, like from the beginning in the morning, before we get into work, even, even though we might have 40 things to drop at each other, we check in. How's your heart doing today? How are you feeling today? Mm -hmm. And then after we check in and we know that we have arrived because sometimes we wake up, but you haven't arrived yet to your day. So we allow ourselves some room to like arrive to the destination. And it's like, okay, I've arrived. Now let's freaking get to it because we got shit to do. These are such great tips. I think anyone, yeah, even just <laughs> us, Eliza and I. I was like writing it down as you were saying it. I'm like, okay, Christina, yes. I need to make sure I'm here today. And we have to be on the same page. Yeah, <laughs> because we're also two friends. And, yeah, you know, We created this podcast. At some point, mm -hmm. we were also co-workers together. Um, and yeah, I think that you guys definitely laid out amazing tips for anyone like being in business with their friend and or family. Um, or both like you guys. So thank you for that. Yeah. I think um, there's a lot to take from there. hundred percent. I really like the non-negotiable, right? I think you need to be honest and open with the person you're working with. Um, and also asking them like, how's your day? I feel like sometimes you just jump straight into work, which is important, right? At the end of the day, we hustle and we got things to do, but it is also important to just see like, how are you doing? Are you okay? Are we ready? Let's check in. Um, and I just think that shows the love that you have for each other, but also like the emotional intelligence, which I think is so important in business and oftentimes not talked about. Um, so yeah, I think that's just amazing that you guys bring that to the table every day on top of your hustle and your grit. So you guys mentioned um, Dominican Republic. So we know that your products are handmade there. And I would love to take some time to get into the actual products. Like how did you find a team there? You're sourcing, who's designing um, your clothing and really more just like the business operation side of that. Yeah, so pretty much we, so we have a cousin of mine who her name is Meribeth Guzman and she lives in the Dominican Republic. So when the idea came about of us creating our own line, we were like, all right, we're going to do this in DR, but we need, we need a representative on behalf of Posh Palma Styles in the Dominican Republic because there's no way, I mean, we live in Miami, we're only an hour and a half flight, but we can't be in DR all the time. <laughs> so we were like, how are we going to make this possible? So we kind of had a conversation with her. Anything that we do, we do with full intention and we take the time to nurture and plant the seeds and, and water it like as we see things grow, right? That's how we do everything. So when we started doing it, we talked to her and we started talking to her about the project. Um, and we're like, hey, we were thinking about doing our private label. What do you think? Do you know of anyone in DR who's a designer? We definitely want to work with, a, with women. You know, um, obviously, people that are close to where we're from. So that way we can kind of give back to the community. We can uplift other women, um, give employment, like, you know, opportunities to other women. Like all of this was always set from the beginning. So she goes back and she starts doing her homework. So all in all, pretty much, we found a woman who has a showroom. Her name is Diana. She's a mom of two, two girls. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have a conversation where we set up a meeting. We meet her. We love her. She is amazing. She went to design school like in Milan. I think she did. Milan. She did like a course in Milan. She did a course in Altos de Chabon, which is also a really like big, I think like Oscar de la Renta, like had a class, like study there or, or went there or hosted a class there. So um, it's, she, she's definitely like high prestige. She has a little, a little showroom, which not everybody in Dominican Republic has that opportunity to have that. So when it came to designing, we were like, okay, we're definitely good. And we got the eye and we're creative, but like, we don't know how to put that on paper. So we talked to her and it was amazing because we started, we started creating mood boards, right? And Valerie loves mood boards. We started creating mood boards and we were like, all right, we're going to 
talk to the, to Diana. We're going to present the mood board to her. So that's what we did with Celebre Mariposa. From the beginning, what we wanted to make sure we did was highlight our country, highlight For our sure. roots, highlight our heritage, highlight our ancestors, highlight important important things of the Dominican Republic that were always key to us, that are close to our hearts. And how are we going to make that come to life? So from then when she cr created a line sheet, she created designs for us. We went back and forth. The process kind of goes like that, where we were like, okay, we went from like 25 designs to like, we finalized on like 10 looks. Deanna has uh, two women that help her with sewing, cutting, and like that whole process um, and putting the garments together. She made samples. They went out, her and my cousin would go out into different fabric stores one of the challenges we had also because of Corona was that there were a scarcity in terms of fabrics. And then obviously when these designs, we had samples done, me and Valerie went to the Dominican Republic. We tried everything on. We approved every everything. single piece, like to the T, to the zipper, to the button, to the way that it was done inside. Like we made sure that everything was up to par because it's like, okay, we're trying to create this vision we want to deliver these products, these goods, like to the community. We want women to feel good in it. The fabric needs to feel good. We need to feel good. It needs to be a representation, right? So we have to make sure that it that it speaks that way. So this collection is out and it's available to shop online. But is there, do you have plans um, for an upcoming collection? Is there anything that you can share for this year that you're working on right now? What can people expect? So right now we're working on a new collection. And it's going to be very exciting because it's our mommy and me collection. So we're doing, you know, one of the looks is going to, to be, you know, for like, like boys and like one of, we have like for the girls. Um, and this one is a smaller collection. We only have, well, like we're looking at three to four pieces. Um, so we're trying to do something more like smaller. Um, but we're also collaborating with my sister-in-law. My other sister-in-law is going to be like the, it's the muse for this collection. Um, and my niece. So it's very special that everything we do, we do it around family. Um, right now we're in the process of looking for the fabrics and all of that good stuff. Where can people keep updated and mm -hmm. share your social media so they can follow you and keep a lookout for the new collection? So for the website, it's poshpalmastyles.com. Um, for Instagram, it's poshpalmastyles. Um, and my personal Instagram is the Hefa Creator. So check us out. <laughs> Thank Beautiful. you so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you to everyone who's listening. We're here. Remember, we are normal human beings. Valerie and Jen can reach out to us via DM. We will be here to answer questions, whatever it is that you need. Um, and we hope to see you around. Thanks so much for listening to our episode today. Please be sure to rate us wherever you listen to your podcast. It helps us out a lot and lets us know if we're doing a good job. And be sure to follow us on social media. Our handle is at Latina Without Borders. We would love for you guys to message us, comment, let us know if you enjoyed this episode, but also any tips or ideas on who you'd like to hear next. That's it for today and until next time.